You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia. To compete for the coveted green jacket. Me, I like green. Not so much in the jacket, but you know, I, I can make that work. But back to what I'm talking about. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. More green, more green, more green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using the promo code TBPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stand under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the, act, the action. Get to play little GM there. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finish, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Sounds like a winner to me. Especially for someone like myself who is absolutely no good at golf. So here's what you gotta do. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code TBPN during sign up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code TBPN, and you get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Monday. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, if it's another day, happy whatever day that ends in Y you're checking this out. Welcome back to the Ruler of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. I am your host, Jason Jones of The Athletic. At this point, I guess you can call me longtime Sacramento Kings writer. Uh, longtime writer used to planning his vacation or time off the day after the last day. <laughs> the day after the last game of the season because there are no playoffs and Kings keep up what they've been doing. I can keep that thing going because I won't have to worry about covering any games in the postseason involving the Kings. But again, hope you're having a great day. If you're a Kings fan, hope you didn't let the Kings playing basketball over the last three games kill your vibe. 
Because, well, I sure as hell didn't let it kill mine. But let's just go ahead and dive right into this mess that is the Kings. And I don't know if I really call it a mess. It's not like they've lost nine in a row. It's only three in a row. But the mess is in the mindset. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Let me take a step, take a, take a step back a couple of years. It's about having a fighting mindset, a mindset of being tough, of wanting to wanting to fight, of knowing this time of the year is when the games are the toughest, and embracing that and doing something with it. And right now, Kings aren't doing that. So let's take a step back to not too far distant future, 2019. Remember when the Kings were, you know, one of the surprise teams of the league? They're they're 30 and 26. They're above 500. Everyone's like, wow, the Kings might actually make the playoffs and end their playoffs uh, streak. Wow, this is going to be cool. Let's see what they do. Make a trade, add Harrison Barnes, they address their, their whole small forward. All that stuff. People are getting excited in Sacramento. Maybe it's finally changed. And then one night we're in Oakland. Buddy Hill does what Buddy is known to do, which is break off a play, kind of just do what he wants. And But he made the shot. He hit a three. And, you know, former coach Dave Yeager yelled at Buddy. And Buddy took exception to that. And after that, I know I've told this story before, but Buddy wasn't the same. And there's really no, I can't say that's the reason why, but the Kings weren't the same either. After the All-Star break, they go 9-16, and stumble to the end. And, you know, even though they were ninth place in the West, don't get caught up in that. They were ninth. They weren't close to being a playoff team. I don't want to hear about their net rating before and after the trade and the break. And, you know, they were ninth and they were better than the Lakers. And they're I don't care. They were not a playoff team. They weren't close. Because when it was time to make that push, they try to hang out around and get in there and get that 1-8 matchup. With, you know, would have been, would have been the Warriors that year? I don't remember. Maybe the Warriors were stumbling around. Who knows? But when it was time to make that happen, no, it wasn't the Warriors. I believe the Warriors were in the second seed that year. It probably it would have been Houston. Yeah, but either way, when it was time to make it, or was it the that's That's neither here nor there. fact is, when it was time to make it happen, Kings weren't ready for it. Blowing 25-point leads at home, not stopping anybody. You know, things that bad teams do and why bad teams miss the playoffs. So, hey, well, it is what it is. Uh, let's go back to 2020. Uh, they're struggling. They're stumbling. Luke Walton well, makes a change. He benches Buddy Heald. Uh, starts Bogdan Bogdanovich. Starts a stretch where the Kings win 13 of 20. Play stops because of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. But when play starts, because of how the Kings played the, those last 20 games, they earned themselves a spot in the NBA bubble. And if you all remember... You know, Buddy's talking, you know, to the media beforehand. He's like, you know, hey, we're ready. We want all the smoke. We want all the smoke. Remember that. He said they wanted all the smoke. And what happened? They got smoked all right. Got smoked like a Philly blunt. Yeah. Lit it. No. Light it up. Roll it up. They were gone. Just showed up. Fell flat on their faces. They weren't ready for prime time again. When the games get tougher, when it's about digging a little deeper to try to make that playoff push, they were not there. They were not ready. Collectively, they could not muster up the energy and the fight to make it happen. Okay. So here, that brings us to 2021. Well, hold up. Never mind that. Yeah, 2021. Just 
seven days ago, last Monday, they had beaten the San Antonio Spurs for their fifth straight win. They'd won seven of eight. You know, they're creeping up in the standings. They're feeling good. You know, they've got the Warriors and the and the Grizzlies in their sight. You know, maybe they can go ahead and sink into that top 10, put themselves in that playing situation. What happens? Go out there Wednesday. Chance to sweep the Spurs in, uh, t- in a t- you know, two games in San Antonio. Come out in the first quarter. Looking like, I guess, maybe you thought the Spurs weren't going to respond. Of course they did. They lose. You know, but I said, you know what? Hey, you know, it's tough to beat a team two times in a row on the road. You know, that's not the, you know, the worst thing that could happen. Let's see what they do on Friday. And like I said, I think I had recorded before that Friday game against the Lakers. I said, you know what? Going into this weekend, Lakers, Milwaukee, uh, Minnesota on Monday, you got to try to go two and one. I didn't care what two you got, you know, because weird things can happen. You know, a star might miss a game. You don't know. But, you know, try to you try to get two of the three. Okay. I'm going to get the Lakers. Lakers manhandled them. Let's be honest about it. The Lakers manhandled them defensively. The Lakers are a good defensive team, even without all, you know, without LeBron and AD and Andre Drummond. They manhandled them, you know, pushed them around. Dennis Schroeder's getting all up into De'Aaron Fox's business. You know, first half of the game, KCP does what he does against the Kings and looks like Klay Thompson instead of Contavious Caldwell Pope. I mean, Kyle Kuzma is looking like a star. I mean, outright, utter domination by the by the Lakers. And what did we hear after the game? We got to come out with the right level of intensity. You know, we weren't ready to play. What the hell? Really? You're not ready to play? A team that wants to be in the playoffs is not ready to play against the Lakers who don't have LeBron, AD, and Drummond? And maybe you possibly they're they're playing Mark Gasol, who might not be feeling the greatest because he just got benched. Are you kidding me? You're not ready to play. Were you were you hyped up by the fact you beat the Lakers without LeBron and AD before the All Star break? Maybe you thought that that somehow gave you an an edge, even though the the Lakers were a lucky bounce here or there away from winning that game too. What are you thinking? I don't understand. I completely don't get it. But I say you know what? Okay, maybe it's a couple of hiccups. Certainly, they wouldn't show up Saturday with the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis coming to town. Mind you, the the, the uh, Bucks had played the night before in Portland, so but you still say, you know what? They would. They certainly wouldn't have the we're going to come out and not start sl- and start slow. Certainly, you know they wouldn't do that again. Of course, they would do that again. Of course, they would. Yeah. Three straight games, we're talking about we need more intensity, we need more energy on defense. This is a team that got scored 128 points in a 129-128 loss to the Bucks Saturday. A game that was Giannis Adenokupo did not even play in. You know, but still they got worked by Drew Holiday, who's damn good. Um, you know, both ends of the court. I think he, he controlled the, the, the game on offense and he... Um, got up in the De'Aaron on, on the defensive end, made life tough on him. You know, Bobby Porter's coming off the bench, you know, getting buckets. Brooke, um, Brooke Lopez just being too big for this small Kings team. And why it's hard for me to buy the whole, we don't have energy, the energy, to, um, you know, we're not bringing the intensity on, on defense is because he still scored 128 on offense. So you had some energy on one end of the court for most of the game. Where's that? Can can we get that same energy on the other end? Again, 
if you claim if you're going to be what you claim you want to be, which is a playoff team. If you don't want to be one, that's fine with me. I don't really care. But don't say you want to be a playoff team and you somehow can't get motivated, get hyped, get ready for these important games down the stretch of the season. Because if this keeps up, well, none of these games pretty soon matter anyway because you'll be out the mix. So that brings us to Monday, today, against the uh, at Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's got some good players. Their, their rookie Anthony Edwards has been balling. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is still a two-time All Star. King still don't have an All Star. So they, you know, as bad as they've been overall record-wise, they got some talent. And you probably could argue, or probably you'd win the argument if you argued that Minnesota has a more talented roster than the Kings. You could even win that argument with most people. So, I'm not even talking about if the Kings win the game. I'm not even going there. What I want to see is, for most of the game, can you give, can you get a consistent level of intensity, energy, effort, so on, and all that stuff? Because if it happens again, you know, we're doing these interviews via Zoom. I have to turn my camera off and laugh if I hear one more time. If, if they come out talking about lack of energy, we just didn't have, you know, we weren't ready to play, lack of physicality. If, if I hear that again, and they've lost four in a row, and that be part of the reason, I have to turn off my camera and, and refrain from doing the Jay-Z, we don't believe you, you need more people. Because if you do that four games in a row... When in one of those games you you win the game, <laughs> you you have a chance to uh, move up and you know into a tie with Golden State for tenth in the West. You know if you still come out like that, that speaks to a bigger to me an internal issue. It just not 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 an internal issue in the sense that there's like infighting or the coaching staff has lost the locker room. No, I just mean you're speaking to the the soul of a, of a player, the core of who they are. And I've said it before, I've said it for years, this team needs a dog in the locker room, that you know, that, that quintessential asshole on the court, and someone's got to step and be that guy. And what makes it so crazy is that every year, it's somebody who's not really supposed to be a part of the core of the team, or who, who hasn't been a part of the core of the team, who's that guy? You know, 2019, it was Amon Shumpert who was that guy who would yell at people, get on guys, and all that stuff. And, of course, he got traded because he didn't fit into the, uh, at that point, Vlade Divac, uh and the Kings' whole character matters crusade, crusade in the locker room. We're going to have a team full of good guys. And I'm like, uh, the hell with having good guys. How about some good players? But, hey, it is what it is. You know, then, you know, last year, you know, that guy, they actually brought him in was Kent Bazemore, who ended up kind of being the guy to come in and help shake things up. What happened to Baze? They let him leave in the offseason. He's in Golden State. I think he'd have been, he'd have been a great fit on this lock, in this locker room. But, hey, this year, the uh, newest Kings, they, remember, they acquired four in, at the deadline. Three are in the rotation. DeLon Wright, uh, Terrence Davis, and Mo Harkless. And watching them play... They look more eager to push for the playoffs than some of the guys who have been on the team. And that's just ridiculous. Quite frankly, that's embarrassing. You know, DeLon Wright escaped, you know, Tankville, fade for Cade, you know. Uh, is it suck for Suggs? Whatever the case may be. He got out of, you know, 
he got out of uh, Detroit, and he's playing like a guy who was happy to be and have a chance at making the playoffs. Mo Harkless wasn't playing at all in Miami. He's playing like he he's happy to be off the bench and playing. And Terrence Davis, who I'll get into more later, he he was having a, a step back, kind of a down season compared to his rookie year. He's playing like he is happy to be on the court and competing for a playoff spot. Also, Toronto was struggling in the standings as well. So, where is this fire from the rest of the Kings? And I'm not looking at one guy in particular. I'm not blaming one guy. I'm not saying it's on one guy. But it has to come from somewhere. And it has to start with each guy personally. Take it and just show some fight. Show some, um, you know. It can't be it can't be Chemezi Metu being the energy guy. It's you know it's great that you have these other guys off the bench they acquired. You have guys like Metu bringing energy into the game, but for a team to take another step in terms of its development, in terms of trying to reach the postseason, one of those core guys has to be that dog. And maybe those, maybe a guy like Fox is still finding his voice. You hear guys talk about he's not, you know, he's getting better with being more vocal. Maybe it ends up being Tyrese Halliburton, but he's a rookie, so maybe he hasn't quite found his voice all the way. Maybe it's Rashawn, and maybe he has to be even louder. You know, maybe it's Harrison, even though I, don't, I think Harrison plays tough, but I don't know if that's just really his personality, and that's something you can't fake. You know, if you watch a guy like Draymond Green when he's engaged and kind of rallying the guys, that's generally who who Draymond is. And if you try to pretend to be that guy, players will see it. They won't follow you. So you got to figure out where that's going to come from. From somewhere, it's got to be someone, you know, I believe, who's a part of the the core, whatever you want to call it, the, the young nucleus, so et cetera. It's got to be one of those guys at some point who decides, I'm tired of this shit. And... <laughs> I'm going to be the bad guy, you know, I'm going to be the guy that you don't like, but I'm going to get on people about this stuff, you know, and some of the guys who have gotten on them just didn't stick around. I know fans didn't seem to care for Trevor Ariza, you know, and Trevor got on these guys about that. There's the story even Luke told uh, after during the practice about how, you know, you're trying to do some rebounding drill and those guys are like, okay, whatever about the rebounds. And it's like, what have you guys done? To not read, but to not work hard in practice. Like, what have the Kings done as a group to where they can ease into a game or not bring the proper level of focus and energy and desire? Like, what have they done? Seriously. What? You won seven of eight twice this season? Guess what? You also lost nine in a row and lost nine of 11 at one stretch. Just what? I don't understand what the disconnect is. Like, you... You know, you you talk about being disrespected. You don't like the people in the media talking about the team. You know, Richard Jefferson saying this is the worst roster in basketball. All that stuff. And and guys say they take that stuff personally. But then you come out and 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 you play away as a group that gives everyone who talks bad about you reason to talk bad about you. Yo. You come out and just play the Ole defense. Yo. No toughness about it. No intensity. You know, all the things that bad teams do, it's, and it's all the things that happen that make bad teams stay bad. It's the thing, it's the reason why no matter who the coach is, no matter what you do, no matter how many lottery picks you have, the guys on the team, you know, they just, they're, 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 that dog is not there. And, 
you know, I know from the coaching staff, I know Bobby will get in someone's face. I know Rico will. I know Al, you know, I know from, you know, just talking to people, there is some fire in that coaching staff, but who is that player who's going to bring that fire? You know, maybe Tyrese has to take over in terms of that more. I don't know, but it has to happen because if it doesn't happen soon, we're going to just be laughing whenever they talk about the playoff race because what my eyes see, we don't believe you. We don't believe you want to be in the playoffs if what we've seen in the last three games, especially the start games, continues. You know, if that continues, just stop talking about the playoffs, you know, because it, you, 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 it'll look, it'll sound silly. So, well, I'm double, I want to double back, though, too, uh, back to is a, um, the Terrence Davis situation. He spoke to the media Saturday. And for it was his first time speaking to the media, and apparently his first time speaking to the media in a while. As many of you know by now, Davis was acquired from Toronto for a second-round pick. And how do you get a guy who had a really solid rookie season, second-team All-NBA, All-Rookie team? How do you get him for such a low price? In part because there's maybe some issues that maybe his previous employer didn't want to deal with. And for Davis... That would be a domestic violence uh, case that he had against him, stemming from an incident with his former girlfriend, or I'm assuming his former girlfriend, last October in New York, where he allegedly got into a verbal. I'm reading from uh, article from our our article from the Athletic, where he he allegedly got into a verbal argument with his girlfriend, and the quote subject hit the victim in the face, according to an NYPD statement and back in February and uh, part of the charges were endangering a child because apparently his son was in the vicinity when this happened and his son fell down and that's the endangering of a child charge and you know so I'm this I'm, I'm not I have I'm not going to read the entire thing but there was uh I'll go he was he was facing seven charges including two counts of third degree assault Stemming from the October incident, you know, like I said, which he allegedly hit his girlfriend in the face. And he he had accepted an adjournment in contemplation of dismissal of two, of the two counts back in February. You know, and what does that mean? It's not a full dismissal, which is what uh, why Davis didn't really want to talk about. He said the case is still kind of ongoing, which, you know, you know, Monty McNair said the case was closed. It's not closed, clearly. And even Davis said that. And here, what it basically means is that, I'm going to begin reading from The Athletic, uh, the adjournment in contemplation of dismissal, also referred to as a family ACD or FACD, was agreed to for the two remaining counts, endangering the welfare of a child and criminal mischief in the fourth degree. You know, the uh, five, there were five counts relating to assault that were, uh, that were dismissed. And again, this is not this, this ACD that's the same as a dismissal. In this case, it's a one-year adjournment after which the charges are dis- dismissed if Davis meets certain conditions. Davis also have to pay $1,000 in restitution. And this is clearly a touchy subject, a sensitive subject, one that's not easy to broach. And, you know, it's like, you know you're talking about domestic violence, and that's not something to be taken lightly. It's not something to be swept under the rug. Um, Davis called it an unfortunate incident, and he, he he used terms like it felt like the world was against him. 
And yeah, that's not going to fly. It's not going to work. Uh, people don't want to hear the world was against you when you're accused of hitting your girlfriend in front of your child. That's just not going to draw any sympathy. And he did get emotional talking about it because he said it's been a while since he's seen his son. And I think anyone who's a father can maybe somehow relate, not, not you know, relate to the incident, but the, the maybe the pain if you haven't seen your child in a while. But, you, you know, no one's going to paint, no, you know, it's a tough situation for Terrence to deal with. All he really can do is not do this again if he doesn't want that type of heat. But people are not going to feel sorry for him. You know, people, there are people who are already saying that this is a bad decision for the Kings to even bring him in. As much as he does help the Kings, I mean, the man hit seven threes <laughs> against the Bucks and literally kept the Kings in the game almost by on his own when, you know, a lot of guys were out of it. You know, with his hustle, his athleticism, and making good, you know, good, as they call them, winning plays. But this situation away from the game, this, uh, this these assault charges are, you know, going to hang over his head for a while. You know, and if he's, you know, purely if he stays out of trouble for the rest of the year, going into the next February, everything's dismissed, it becomes sealed, and it's essentially like, like it never happened. But what this one thing does signify is a change in the philosophy in the front office. Uh, Vlade Divac, I'm gonna say, I'm telling you, it probably would have never brought Terrence in. Just wouldn't have done it. You know, this is the same. You know, Vlade in the same front office traded Demarcus Cousins under the whole character idea. Remember, the perfectly character matters, and Demarcus had no criminal charges against him. <laughs> you know, you know, he had an incident in a nightclub. You know, that was hit the 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 biggest quote unquote character thing with DeMarcus and he never had anything like this as a king and he still was traded under the whole character matters guys so I would have found it hard to believe if Vladi would have ever even considered bringing Terrence Davis in clearly Monty McNair doesn't have those sense of reservations Monty McNair is trying to get some talent into Sacramento and try to win some games and like I said earlier you know, character matters, but talent does matter. And I wasn't referring to <laughs> getting whoever, but clearly in this case, Davis's talent was enough for the Kings to still give up a second round pick to get him in there, you know, basically in their program and see what he can do. So I'm not going to, I would be, you know, clearly miscast if I was trying to give my opinion of what happened in the case and what this means and why that happened. I don't know. All I know is that no one's going to feel sorry for Terrence. And he's got to show and prove that perhaps this was a one-time incident. And this is not a sign of a bigger thing. And it would happen again. So, like I said, I'm not I'm going to let people feel how they want to feel about him in this case. The only thing Terrence can do is stay out of trouble not put his hands on, you know, no, not put him, put his hands on women ever again. No, I, I clearly, I know that legally, if the charges were dropped, you can't say he, you know, innocent to a proven guilty, but I'm just saying this, this can't come up again. You know, it would be a bad look for him and a bad look for the Kings. And I'm going to leave that at that. You know, if you have your feelings, your questions, your concerns, even on one of my stories, someone commented, they coached him 
uh, growing up, and he's not a bad person. He just had a bad situation. I don't, I don't know Terrence. I don't pretend to know Terrence. I mean, I've met him over Zoom. <laughs> so, you know, we'll just see where this goes. And clearly, there are going to be some fans who are unhappy with this situation. As a Laker fan, I remember when they drafted Anthony Peeler, and he had a situation in college, and there were people angry with the Lakers for drafting him. You know, I covered the Kings when Darren Collison had a domestic violence uh, situation where he suspended eight games for the, by the league. So clearly, this is, is going to be an issue for a lot of people with the Kings, and I understand why. But we'll just see where it goes. So as it's time to get out of here, I want to touch on a couple of, or maybe two or three musical things. You know how y'all love, I love my hip hop. But first, I'm going to start with some old school. Uh, Sunday night that versus Earth, Wind, and Fire gets the Isley Brothers. Uh, just a celebration of music. I I I stopped keeping score on verses years ago, you know, months ago, last year. I don't know who quote unquote won. I don't think I think we all won in this in that one. I mean, God, I had me thinking about all the music I used to have to clean the house up to. That you know, moms would be playing. You know, growing up in L.A. The OGs would roll around playing the Isleys, you know, hearing Earth. I've heard Earth, Wind & Fire my whole life. So I was just having a good old time vibing by my damn self. Just chilling in the in the house all by myself, enjoying the music. It's a great time hearing some of, you know, the stuff that a lot of my favorite artists sample, you know. You know, so it was it was a good time had by all people. Y'all mad at Steve Harvey for talking so much and being so excited. You know what? If I was hosting a Versus and say it was like Ice Cube and Snoop, you know I'd lose my damn mind too. I mean, you don't give me like two of my favorite artists of all time and I get to like be the moderator. Like you're going to give me, I don't know, um, say EPMD and Public Enemy. You're going to give me, you know, you're going to give me the Ghetto Boys and NW. You know, you're going to, please, I'm going to lose my mind too. So I'm not mad at Steve Harvey. You know, plus he's my fraternity brother, so I'm going to say nice things. Anyway, uh, secondly, uh, we got our first little taste of uh, Mount Westmore, you know, the, you know, the other the other day, which you call it, uh, the big three, you know, announced their, their upcoming season that will start in July, and their little preview video music. Featured Mount Westmore, which is, of course, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Too Short, and E-40. So you got a first little snippet, a first little sample of what that might sound like whenever this album drops. And I'm excited. Like I said, it was just a little clip. It wasn't that big of a deal. You know, it wasn't a whole lot to look at, but, you know, listen to. But I'm here for it. I'm here to hear the, uh, what they're going to do. You put four of my favorite artists of all time in one room and see what, what they'll do. Especially when you hear somebody about, you know, Dr. Dre might be involved on some level. I'm here for this. I am here. I can't wait. I will. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. So. And finally, before I get out of here, I want to touch on or send my thoughts, you know, my prayers, my best wishes and everything out to. New York to for DMX. As many of you have read by this point, DMX uh, apparently suffered a heart attack and has been hospitalized. And you know, depending on what you read, 
you know, it's you know, I've I've read various states of how he how he's doing. You know, there was uh, I guess his um his attorney had said he was off of life support, but apparently he actually is still on life support. And I'm hoping that by the time y'all hear this, you know, the news isn't worse. And the last report I read on Sunday said that as a Sunday afternoon from the New York Times that he was in a vegetative state. You know, and that's clearly not what you want to hear, but... Apparently it was a drug overdose, and if you followed X's career at all, you know the stories of his uh, his battles with addiction. The fact that he was introduced to crack by someone lacing a joint with crack while he was a teenager, and I can't even imagine just how just how terrible that is, you know. And you know, so we're we'll continue to keep uh, DMX. You know, you're kind of it's in our prayers and, you know, hope, you know, hope he pulls through and and if he does, so, you know, I'm going to say, you know, hoping he pulls through and continue to, um, to, you know, battle these demons and, you know, the, the demon of addiction of someone who has seen it up close from, you know, members of, you know, family. This is, you know, and they call it the monkey, you know, people call it the monkey on your back. That's, that's putting it light. It's more like a gorilla or an elephant on your back. So, wishing, hoping, and praying for the best for DMX. So, about to get out of here. Again, you can, you know, if you don't know, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC. And you can find me here twice a week on the Ruler of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. On theathletic.com, you can find my articles and all that good stuff as well. Not just my coverage, all of our NBA coverage. So, take care out there, everyone. You be safe, and I'm gone.